Hello there, and welcome to episode 166 of the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. Today's guest is a wellness expert who is actually from Charleston. Her name is Lisa Burbage, and she has a company called Wellness Five, and she coaches and does classes for uh, companies to improve the wellness of the of the employees, leaders, and so forth. So we're going to talk about the lockdown effects on our wellness and health. And actually, just want you to know that this particular episode was requested by one of you. So if you ever have an idea of a topic or a person you want me to interview, email me at info at M-I-X-O-N-I-A-N.com and tell me that you speak and we listen. Today's episode is brought to you by the Practical Guide to Effective Communication. It's a great guidebook with all kinds of topics to help you be a better communicator. Find it on Amazon in both the ebook and the paperback edition. So without further ado, we're going to welcome Lisa Burbage to the Speak Up show. So Lisa, tell us, I know that you have have not always worked with wellness. I know that you were a very successful real estate professional in Charleston, which is a great and lucrative career to be in. You achieved massive success in that. And then you just said, you know what, I want to do something else. Tell us about that journey. Um, well, thanks, Laura. And thanks for having me today. Yeah, I did. I walked, I guess I walked away at the top of my game because I had a health scare. I got breast cancer and I got myself well, but it during that process, I had an epiphany of sorts that, you know, how did I get here? Why did I get here? What what did, was I doing wrong? And I was doing a lot of things wrong. I was not managing stress, not setting proper boundaries. You know, I was like the energizer bunny working 24 seven, seven days a week and eating on the run a lot. So anyway, when I got myself well, I said, what can I help? What can I do now that will empower people to avoid what I had to go through. And that's, you know, I have a master's in counseling. I never was an L I never went and got my LPC. So I never used it other than in real estate, Mm -hmm. but I thought, what can I do that doesn't require me to go back to graduate school? And so I went and got my health coaching certification from Duke University. They're one of the best programs in the country. They have a 75% success pass rate on the national boards. I did pass my national board. So I'm a national board certified health and wellness coach now. And so I guess that's kind of, that's the short version of how I got to where I am today. Okay, that's so interesting. And I, I told the audience that you were one of the few guests that is actually living in Charleston as I am. And I know you've you're you've been here a lot longer than I have, and I've been here a long time. So anyway, we were talking about trends in the workplace before we started re- recording this. And you know, actually Lisa and I had a great drink at Little Miss Hot, uh, which is a great is what is not is Vietnamese restaurant in Mount Pleasant. So if you any of you are local to Charleston, Little Miss Ha is near uh, the Whole Foods in Mount Pleasant. Very nice place. But, but I'm sorry, most of you are not from Charleston. What just means that you should come visit. So anyway, I digress. What are the, what what would you say are top trends that you're seeing from from the your position as a health and wellness coach uh, in the workplace? Um. 
Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for saying that we drink. Yes, drinking <laughs> is okay. Um, most people say, oh, you can't drink. You can't eat. Oh, no, that would be oh. not healthy. No. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I, I get a chuckle every time somebody says that. But anyway, um, I guess the trends that I'm seeing, Laura, in, in my work is um, that remote and hybrid work is, is here to stay. Um, Absolutely. But people do not want to go back to the office. No, no. One or two days, maybe, but that's about it. Um, flexible working hours. Um, that's still going to stay around for a while, four day work weeks, um, you know, 12 hour shifts, whatever creativity an employer wants to um, encompass in that space. Um, Ongoing learning, um, giving people opportunities to advance in their career, learn new skills, Um, employee well-being. Obviously, that's right up my alley. um, And that's a biggie. And then um, virtual team building. That was this is one that's kind of new, mm-hmm. um, you know, back when the pandemic first started and we were all in quarantine, we we quickly learned how to operate Zoom. We moved to Zoom and then we kind of got what they called what Zoom fatigue. Right now that nobody wants to come back in five days a week, we're kind of going back. OK, well, how can we have that corporate culture? How can we build that esprit de corps? Well, virtual team building is coming back into vogue. And I think we're going to see more of that in 2023, where people are realizing um, virtual is not going away. Um, And so we, you know, we're going to use it for more than just a meeting, maybe an opportunity to team build. Yeah. So those last two trends that you mentioned, the health and wellness and the virtual team building, I sense there's a connection there, but I want to... Before we dive into the virtual team building, which is a very interesting uh, concept and opportunity for all of you all listening, because, you know, there's so many benefits to rebuilding or building your team that also helps build your culture. Um, But what happened to us in terms of health and wellness during the lockdown? I mean, we all learned to work from home. We all learned to find some place. To, to work. I, I've coached people in their attics, their garages, their spare bedrooms, their laundry rooms, a staircase. I think everybody now has figured out some place in their house that can be their office and they get stuff done. You know, productivity went through the roof, but I don't think it was without uh, a, like a tax on our overall health and wellness. What, I mean, what say ye? Well, um, I think, you know, a lot of us during the pandemic, we overate. I mean, we were home. The refrigerator was calling our name. The cupboard was calling our name. You know, it was just easy to to go in there and grab something. Um, so I think a lot of us um, developed some not so good eating habits. Um, I think we got lonely. Mm-hmm. We got isolated um, and and. People don't really want to talk about that, but that's a real problem in the workplace right now. Um, And so the um, and then as people gained weight as a result of the bad eating habits and they were sitting more because they were on Zoom all the time and they weren't having to get up and, you know, go to the copier and go down to so and so's office. Um, they were um, gaining weight and not moving as much. And so then they started not feeling good about themselves. You know, their, their confidence and their, their um, well-being, their, you know, the, the negative self-talk that I hear so much in my programs um, 
you know, if people could just overcome that one thing, great strides could be made. But that voice is strong. And when we don't feel good about ourselves, it's even stronger. Yeah, is it so true what you said about sitting on Zoom? I know that's my case. I mean, because my coaching business just exploded, which was great. But that means literally sitting down uh, to talk to people all day long. I do stand up for my webinars and I could stand up for the coaching. But then, you know, I think, oh, it's too much trouble. But probably do you have do you have any um, findings about the stand up desk versus the sit down desk? Is there anything that's better than the other well, you know, I know stand-up desks are kind of the have been the trend for a while, even before COVID. But, um, you know, I don't have any stats on it. But I, I think people, you know, if you want to invest in that, that's great. I'm not discouraging anybody from doing that or if your employer is paying for it. But really, it's just important to get up and move every 30 minutes to an hour. And we talked about this in one of my classes the other day, how you could do that. You could set a timer on your phone. Um and just something that would prompt you, your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or whatever you have to just get up. And when I say get up and move, I'm not talking go out and walk 30 minutes. I'm talking about two minutes of maybe stretching. Um, I drink a lot of water. So I'm constantly getting up just to go to the bathroom about every hour. Right. Right. So, um, you know, just getting up, stretching, walking to the copier if you are in the office, um, talking when you're on a call private or, or professional, um, get up and walk. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. Even two minutes, like walking to the mailbox or just yeah. walking around the house. If you're in a house, um, that is, yeah. If you did two minutes, so if we walked two minutes every 30 to 60 minutes, then we would be that even that little bit is enough to make a difference in our health. Well, it, it it's not, it doesn't mean you need to replace the gold standard of 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise. Mm -hmm. um, but this sitting has got, I mean, you know, they're saying sitting's the, as bad for you as smoking. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so we do need to just get up and move. Yeah. But it would be in conjunction or in addition rather with your regular exercise routine. In other words, you could go out and run a marathon. Mm -hmm. And they come home and lay on the couch for the rest of the day. That's not good. Okay. Well, who knew? Like I didn't, I, I, so guys, everybody listening, we need to stand up more. We need to stand up and stretch, even if it's one or two minutes. Every, I, I am totally taking note of that. And, and so how does this, how can we use virtual team building to work on our wellness. I, the connection there is not obvious to me, but I know that you have done a lot of work in that area. Yeah, you know, companies are, um, I was at a, a CFO council meeting this morning. I'm one of, a member of the Charleston CFO council and I'm one of their resource partners. And we had a speaker and, um, you know, he was talking about um, paying people more and all of this and all, you know, that's what everybody's doing now. They're throwing money at the problem, but they're not really getting to some of the deeper issues. I think money paying bonuses, um, you know, paying more is a little bit of a short-term fix. We need to have a longer-term fix and a longer-term fix in, in relation to the question you asked would be, how are we addressing our employees' sense of not belonging, the diversity, equity, inclusion initiative. 
um, people don't feel included. Well, what's a better way to get people to feel included than to have a well-being program on with every member of your team? You've got the senior leadership. You've got the middle management. You've got the manual laborers. There's no more equal playing field than getting together to get healthier. Yeah, but how does that, I mean, I need to know, what does that look like? Just give me a, an example of one, because I don't know what that Okay, well, like. I mean, it would be a Zoom call. You would, um, you know, you'd get your team signed up to to participate in a Zoom call around, you know, it could be around anything. It could be around communication. It could be around health and well-being, emotional wellness, um, you know, whatever, whatever you want, but it needs to be around something other than work. Mm-hmm. Okay. To use it as a team building activity. Um, so that, that would help a lot. Now, obviously I work in the health space. So um, I run programs. I've had CFOs in my programs. I've had, you know, manual laborers in my programs. I've had middle managers. I've had women, men, all ages across the board. And one thing I've learned is I don't care if you've got a PhD or if you've got a GED, when it comes to health, it's a struggle for most of us. It's a level playing field. And, um, and in a group environment, we're all, we're all on the same journey. That, I had never thought of it that way. That is a, a way it is a level playing field for. And in fact, some of the senior senior leaders may experience higher stress and anxiety than somebody who's working with their hands or actually able to leave the office when they go home, like they don't bring work home with them. Uh, so that that's very insightful. So then that's something, yeah, that we can all come to the table as equals on that front, which is basically a life or death issue <laughs> or a quality of life issue. It's not some frou-frou, you know, um, what's the temperature of your coffee kind of issue. So I love that idea of, of virtual team building and, and, and using that to build the culture, to reinforce the values of your culture. I think designing it, I'm just thinking out loud that, which is something I hardly ever do, folks. Introverts, we don't usually think out loud, but I'm learning that skill that you could tie it around uh, whatever the corporate values or your team values, or your personal value. I love that idea. But let's, let's, let's tie this now to communication, because Lisa, I know that if you were successful in real estate, you know how to talk to people. And I'm sure that has helped you in your work with health and wellness. So tell us about the skills, the the, the being able to connect with people easily, um, to just build those relationships with such ease. A lot of us feel awkward talking to people. We feel like we don't know what to say. How did you become such such a good communicator? Well, you're right. I mean, I um, in my former life or my former career, I did do a lot of one on one talking. Um, I didn't talk to groups, um, and that's all I do now. All of my programs are groups, so I've really had to learn a whole new skill set. Um, I was when I went through Duke's program, I was trained to individually coach. Got no okay. training on group coaching. Um, I just found early on that in order to reach as many people as I wanted to reach, one-on-one coaching was a slow go. 
I wanted to reach a lot of people because I knew that health and wellness was, you know, a real problem for a lot of folks. And since the pandemic, it's been on steroids. So um, I had to learn how to run a group. Um, There's a totally different dynamic in a group than there is, to your point, there's introverts Mm -hmm. who are very shy and won't speak up. And then there's always that one or two people that want to dominate and, you know, take control of the conversation and show everybody how smart they are. So, um, you know, you have different personalities and just sure making sure everybody feels a part, making Mm -hmm. sure everybody feels included, um, is, has been something that I'm continuously learning and, and improving on. But, um, I got a testimonial the other day from, um, a, a student in a program I'm wrapping up. And she said, Lisa, you know, weight was a really sensitive topic for me, but you were never judgmental. You were always encouraging. And that just, you know, that just really warmed my heart because I, I that's what I want to be. I don't want, I want everybody to feel when they come into my room, into my Zoom room, that they're in a safe space. Right. No judging. Um, nobody's better than anybody else. I, you know, if somebody has a PhD, great, fine. If somebody has a GED, that's fine too. Everybody, I want everybody to feel a part. And I str- really, I don't want to say struggle, but I really, really put a lot of attention on making everyone feel included. Um, so I guess to answer your question, Laura, that's probably, you know, I never had any group experience um, in real estate and I really wasn't trained in it, but I've learned, I mean, I've been running programs now for seven years. So I've learned, you know, um, kind of learn as you go. And I've, um, you know, I can't say I've always done it perfect, but I, I try. <laughs> yeah. There's no such thing there. perfect communication. And I have heard you speak publicly. And I know that one of your strengths is that you're very conversational. Sometimes people, uh, they one-on-one or in a small group, they're just charming and delightful. And then they, when there's a group in front of them, they turn into these robots. <laughs> and because, so that that's something that you figured out because I have seen you. And it is true. I mean, if you're listening, don't be a robot, be yourself. And, and I think to your point about making sure everybody feels a part, especially in the virtual environment, it's so important because it is more of a cognitive load to pay attention, especially to a group meeting online than in person. Your poor brain is working, 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 and it's just has to stay on this screen, focus on this screen to get the signals. And you don't get as much, uh, your eyes don't deliver as much uh, signal, as, as many data points as it would if we were all in the room. So of course we get to be in our homes, but especially presenting to groups in the virtual context, you need to structure and figure out, think ahead, like you're saying, to how can I make sure the quiet people are speaking up, the chatterboxes are not dominating all the time. And do you have any particular uh, tips that you use for that or you just figure it out on the spot? Well, um, you know, I always, um, whether I run, a program for the CDC or whether I, whether I run one of my own intellectual property programs, um, I facilitate more than I teach. 
I mean, they've got the handout, but people can read. I don't need to go over the handout in, in the session. Mm-hmm. I facilitate and let them talk more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody likes to talk, hear themselves. Or most of us like to hear ourselves talk. And, and I try to use, you know, call people by name. I really struggle when I have a large group to, to learn everybody's name quickly. But um, I do. People like to hear their name. Yes, um, that is true. That is a very good tip. And so um, I think I'll just, you know, it's, you know, my, my stuff is not work related. When people are coming to, to my group, we're not talking about a work project. We're talking about something very personal. Mm-hmm. And so I, and how often do you get to talk to somebody about a personal challenge? Yeah. A safe person. I would say never. <laughs> Unless you're paying a therapist, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And so I want my place to be that haven that they can go to and share. Um, You know, I ate a piece of cake last night and I felt so bad after it, you know, and I I just couldn't, I just felt horrible. I couldn't pick myself back up. And then Lisa, I remembered what you said. Yeah, you know, every day is a new day, start the next day, just get back up and do it. Most people fail at reaching their goals because they just quit. Mm -hmm. Um, They just give up um, because of that negative self-talk. So, you know, this particular student was telling me, she said, I just remembered your voice saying, get back up. So the next day, even though I didn't want to, because I felt like I had blown it, I made myself get back and and start with a healthy breakfast. So, um, you know, just you know, letting people talk is so important. Um, I don't know. I So I guess I do a lot more of that and facilitate more than teach. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting. And what, what we have most of the people listening to you, to this conversation, if they either lead te- a team or several teams or a, they lead leaders of teams. So what would be something that everybody listening can, to this conversation can do to encourage the people in their immediate work group to uh, take their wellness more seriously. Do you have any practical um, tips there that people can just take? Well, I think just showing your folks that you care, you know, um, like I was saying earlier, a lot of companies are just throwing money at the problem when really um, if you ask you know, what are the top three things that people are leaving for? One of them is um, almost every article you read, every survey, it's they don't care about my well-being. They don't care about me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think just, you know, you and I and, and a lot of folks were taught, you know, you don't mix personal and business. You keep right outside true. of the office. Mm-hmm. But today people bring, I mean, we did too, but we weren't allowed to talk about it people bring their whole selves to the office. And so you, you need to, if they've been out sick or that, you know, a family member has been sick, ask them about it, you know, um, you know, find out a little bit more about what, um, what makes them tick. Um, just, and the only way to do that is to show them you care and, and ask questions. Right. I think asking questions is the Swiss army knife. It's just, such a valuable leading with curiosity. There's a lot out there on that topic. It's so helpful and it's easy to incorporate. What is the myth or misconception about the corporate health and wellness world that you would like to address and set us straight 
Is there something that you can think of that everybody thinks it's this way, but it's really not? Um, well, I think there's still, I think it's changing, but I still think there's some people that think health and wellness in, in the workplace is healthy snacks and health fairs and paying for gym memberships. Um, that's really not relevant today when people aren't in the office five days a week. That's huge. That, that's mind blowing. That's exactly what I thought it was. So to tell us it's not a gym membership and it's not healthy snacks. What is it? Well, I, again, I think it's, it's just showing, you know, showing you care in a holistic way. I mean, that's more on your physical wellness and that's right. still an important part, but there's an emotional and there's a mental side to wellness. There's a financial side to wellness. I mean, showing people that you care about them in all of these areas is real, real important today. Um, and it's not about just, okay, well, let's um, let's bring in a yoga teacher and um, do some stretches or let's keep some healthy snacks. Those That's pre-COVID stuff. It's pre-COVID stuff. And um, you've got to figure out how to engage your workforce um, where they are. And they're they're not they're not in the office. So right. um, and, and they don't have the time necessarily to go to a gym. How can you get them to focus on their um, physical health without going to a gym or taking an on-site um, yoga class or having an on-site wellness facility? Mm -hmm coming to a health fair and getting your screenings done or whatever. Um, yeah, I just, and, and I've noticed a lot of, um, a lot of places are starting to understand that, um, which is great. Um, I, I love that, um, that people are realizing that how you feel about yourself, um, you know, are you tired? Are you sleeping enough? Are you managing your stress? Do you think you have to be perfect all the time? And that as a result, drives up your anxiety level? Do you feel like you always have to be right? Um, you know, can't admitting you made a mistake. All of these contribute to a lot of emotional issues in the mm -hmm. wellness arena mm -hmm. that um, I think employers are starting to realize that they're issues, but I don't know that they're really addressing them. I think they're just, like I said, throwing some money at some things. And right now, after the CFO meeting this morning, I realized the number one thing they're doing is throwing money at it. And um, I was talking to a plant manager not too long ago. And he said, Lisa, I have no money to spend on wellness right now. I'm, I'm putting all my money in hiring bonuses and paying my people more money. And I said, well, how's that working for you? He said, well, they're staying a while and then they get another bonus or somebody else offers them more money. Yeah. So a month later, two months later, they're gone. And so he really ought to be, you know, looking at, you know, what's the real problem here? What is the real problem here? And I think that's, that's a great insight. Yes. It's, I mean, compensation is definitely important, but that's not why people leave. It is because they don't feel like they're valued, heard, appreciated. Um, and uh, before we go on, I want, I thought of something that my, um, of an answer to the question about what what the people listening to this conversation can do with the one-on-one, -on -one, with their one-on-ones with the people reporting to them, they could have those meetings walking. And I know you said that already, but I, I'm, it takes me a while to process things. I'm like, 
oh, that's a really good idea. It could not be on, since it's a one-on-one with somebody you work with closely, it might mm-hmm. not have to be on Zoom. It could, might could be a phone call. And if you're both walking, I think that would be a very good step. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly your insight that, you know, while money is great, it does not solve a lot of problems. And, and I think we do have a loneliness epidemic uh, people are more, there's more anxiety, there's more uh, drug abuse of the, uh, what are the ones, not like heroin, the the painkillers, the opioid crisis, and the fentanyl and all that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of health, mental health, physical health issues. And then, you know, if people aren't going to church, family structures are a lot weaker the employer is pretty much, you know, the the source of help, right? And I think that's a transition in our society. What do you think? No, I agree. I think, um, you know, people are um, coming to work or, or working remotely, and they want their employer to care about them. They mm-hmm. they want to have friends at work. Um, I was, you know, I have to have so many CE credits and I was listening to on a webinar recently and it was an MD talking and he felt like a lot of the obesity crisis and the um, opiate crisis and, and, you know, drinking, excessive drinkings on the rise, all of these things. He said, I feel like they're rooted in loneliness. Well, that's, I've heard that there, even I heard this before the lockdown that the, that we have a loneliness epidemic and that apparently one in four households is a person living alone. So imagine that person. I mean, I coached some of them during the lockdown. I mean, it was not pretty. When it, it's one thing to be locked down with your partner, your family, your husband, your wife. It's another thing to be locked down by yourself. Yeah, a- absolutely. So that's that part's not going away. I mean. Um, you know, because we're working remotely and hybrid. So that part is, is not going away. And I think people, you know, people don't want to talk to you voice to voice, face to face anymore. Um, They go on social media and they think that's social interaction. No, that's really not meaningful social interaction. In fact, that can make you even feel worse because you're not living the lifestyle that Susie's living. And, you you know, that's exactly right. Well, um, my goodness, Lisa, this is so interesting. All these aspects of health that you don't really think about, and especially health related to work. I mean, that is a kind of a f- intersection of two worlds that you're on the forefront. Um, but that's, you know, a relatively new development, you know, also communication coaching in 2009, when I got started, nobody knew what that was. So, you know, we're both, we'll say innovative. Is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you think that the audience should know? Remember, this is an audience of super duper smart, of course, highly attractive, but very <laughs> smart people um, who are just looking for ways to communicate better with their teams the people they lead uh, to have more influence. And of course, you know, they want to be healthier because I was asked to bring in an expert on this topic. So is there something that they should know that I haven't asked you? Um, No, Laura, you asked me a lot of great questions. Um, I mean, I guess one thing that I would, would say is, you know, some people are, especially the introverts, and I know you work with a lot of introverts, is they're not going to tell you what's wrong with them. 
um, there you're going to have to just show them that you care. Maybe you keep asking, keep asking. Um, they're not going to wear their emotions on their sleeves. Um, they tend to bottle things up more. So I think you just have to be, like I said earlier, more curious and just show that you care. Um, talk about yourself. I do that a lot. People, you know, um, when people first see me, they're like, well, Miss Skinny Minnie, what kind of health problem do you have? Well, Miss Skinny Minnie had a lot of health problems. One of them, like I said, was cancer, but I had a lot of, I had a food addiction. I had a lot of things going on um, and that I had to get my arms around. Um, so the person I am today is not the person I was 12 years ago, but, um, but nobody would have known that. Um, right. so I think people just have to ask and be curious and, and then kind of walk the walk, you know, if you're asking and, and, and again, I'm not, not judging, but, you know, I hear this from employees. Well, they talk a good game, but they don't really implement it. So if you're talking, oh, we have a culture of wellness and we care about our employees and then, you know, it's just lip service and you're not really modeling it, I, I don't, I think that can even do more harm. Oh my goodness. That is, that is super industry. Well, speaking of introvert moments, <laughs> I'm just going to, uh, true, uh, what is this like, um, something that happened at lunch today, my husband asked me how I was and I said, I was fine. <laughs> and he, he said, I can tell you're not fine, Laura, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> So I told him that I was upset with this um, difficult client company, Humongous company. Um, and he's like, I don't know why you say that you're doing fine when you're not. I, I can tell, Laura. <laughs> so it's true. Of course, he's a, a husband is a little going to be a little bit more attuned than a boss. But it's true that people can read the, our tones and uh even more than our language. So before we close this, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions so we can get to know some interesting, even more interesting things about Lisa Burbage. So where did you last go on vacation? Well, I actually went to Italy last fall. Um, it was a vacation we had planned before the pandemic. And obviously we just kept pushing it back. So we went last fall to Italy, um, mainly in Tuscany. Mm -hmm. And it was fabulous. Um, would highly okay. recommend anybody going if um, if you can. Tuscany, Italy sounds good. All right. Well, I don't know how you're going to answer this one, Lisa, <laughs> the health and wellness coach. What is your favorite dessert? Um, well, I I do love chocolate, and I eat chocolate most every day. Now, granted, it's dark chocolate. Um, because I know the health benefits of dark chocolate, but I do pretty much have a piece of chocolate at least every, at least one piece every day. And, um, and I drink, you know, when I was in Italy, I drank wine, I drink wine. I mean, I, people have this thing that, you know, food, a lot of people have a bad relationship with food. That's a bad food. Mm -hmm. I can't ever eat that. If I do, I'm a bad person. And I always try to model, no, I eat anything and everything I want. I just have learned through my training and what I teach, you know, the tips and the tricks around navigating it all. And um, so, so chocolate is, is a daily, I love it. And I eat it daily. All right, everybody. Dark chocolate is the dessert of health and wellness champions. What is your favorite store? 
Oh gosh, stores. I'm not a big shopper, Laura. So um, I'll probably just say Amazon. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that is where you can find my book. I will say that Amazon, you can, <laughs> and, and lots of other useful things. The Practical Guide to Effective Communication. What about so, your <laughs> you not like it, right? Yes. Uh, what is your favorite type of music? Oh, classic rock. Like love, what? Love 70s rock and 80s rock queen, Led okay. Zeppelin. I mean, all yeah, that. The classics. What about movie genre or movie? What's your favorite? Um, well, um, the most recent movie I went to see was Maverick the the you know oh, the, that was fun yeah yeah I mean I don't think that's any heavy duty um drama or anything but um I you know seen Top Gun and so that was my latest movie um I love documentaries I really like documentaries I love to learn and so um whether it be about people or concepts or health wellness I just love to learn and um so you know what's funny Lisa is that like the last three or four guests have said the same thing about documentaries. This is, I should probably call this the speak up nerds. <laughs> but we all love documentaries. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I know it is. <laughs> okay. How would you describe your personal style in one word? A personal style. Um, I can be kind of intense. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really work hard. Um, I'm very aware of it. I wasn't always very aware of it, but I'm very aware of it now. And so when I feel that I'm getting intense, I, I'm like, okay, Lisa, just take a chill pill. You ain't that important. Just relax, <laughs> you know? And so I guess, you know, trying to over being aware of, of, um, I don't know if that's really answering your question, but, yeah, um, I guess my personal style is, Intense, but trying not to be. How about that? <laughs> I, I, I'll take it. What were you afraid of as a child? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, big dogs. I was bitten by a German shepherd when I was small. And um, I have, and still to this day, if I'm out walking, I'm very afraid of big dogs. Very. Okay. And do you collect anything? Anything you collect? <sighs> Probably books. Yes, me too. Oh my goodness. I just had a meeting with an interior designer in my house today and she was aghast. She was literally begging me to let some of my books go. And of course I was so insulted, like, what? Are you crazy? I, no, they're my friends. So anyway, well, this has been super enlightening. Uh, I know you all listening are getting some ideas to not only be healthier at work, help your, the people that work for you be healthier and build a better culture, a better, more effective team. And tell us now, finally, how can our listeners connect with you online? Um, yeah, I do have a um, monthly or bi-monthly, I guess it's bi-monthly health tip that I send out. Um, if you're interested in getting on my list, you can um, email me at hello at wellness5five.com and um, we'll get you on, on that distribution list um, to, to, you know, it's something quick. Sometimes I do it in a video format. Sometimes it's just a couple of paragraphs, but just something that you can use um, to help you in your journey to being happy, healthier and more productive. 
Absolutely. And I think that is a great idea. I get Lisa's uh, health tips. She's very practical. I love that about her. She's not saying that you need to do a cleanse and, you know, the juice fast or anything like that. She's very practical. So thank you so much. This has been fascinating, helpful. And I thank you and the audience for listening and tuning in. And I appreciate your uh, support and making this the number three podcast in the world for communication skills podcast. And I will see everyone on the next episode.